Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Canner Podcast. I am joined today by Steve Breitenstein. He is the Director of Coaching and Adult Fitness and is the Sports Performance Specialist at TC Boost Sports Performance uh, in the Chicagoland area. Um, Now, it's kind of funny because Steve and I were linked up through someone on Twitter who saw something else about my about about the podcast and yada yada so um it came kind of full circle and and we got linked up and i think he is one of these guys that um you know may not have the quote-unquote traditional background in terms of what uh sports uh training and sports uh athletics is is concerned and how most people get into that and that's kind of what fires me up about it because his passion is definitely something that shines through, and, and I'm excited for him to share his story and uh, and how he helps his his athletes. So, uh, Steve, welcome to the show, man. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Eric. Appreciate you having me out here. Absolutely. So, tell us a little bit more about yourself and and your story about how you got to where you were. You are sure. Yeah, excellent. Um, I'll kind of start at the beginning. Um, going into being in high school and I had opportunities to work with kids kind of coaching basketball camps. Uh, I really enjoyed the process of that. And I, I thought going forward in life, kind of going out of high school, that I was going to have a great chance to be a basketball coach someday. I envisioned myself being the, the next coach K uh, down the road sometime being really well known for that. Um, and so when I graduated, I went, ended up going to college. Um, I wasn't really sure what my, my direction was going to be. I had some, buddies whose dads were PE teachers and thought that'd be kind of cool. It seemed kind of easy and you were allowed to coach then. Um, but I really didn't enjoy kind of the, the idea of the PE every day. So I ended up not going to school for a couple of years and kind of just living in the real world uh, and kind of just working, uh, work the, the odd jobs, the overnight jobs just to try and make some money. And I ended up getting a chance to coach uh, some AAU basketball during that time. And then I, uh, from the AAU program, I was able to volunteer at Chris Lake South High School um, as a volunteer assistant coach for the freshman level. And over the course of a couple of years, made my way up to kind of being a varsity assistant coach, um, still working the skills camps during the summer, still doing stuff with AAU. Um, and eventually kind of got the feeling that I kind of enjoyed the practices more than the games. Uh, the head coach was very stressed out, uh, very concerned with performance during the game. And I had a great opportunity to just help kids in practice, get better, see that, that whole action of working at something behind the scenes and then implementing it in the game and seeing how fun it was for the kids. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. Like, I don't, I don't know if I really want to be a head coach, but I love that process. Um, and so kind of through that, I decided like, maybe, maybe that would be more fun is to be an assistant somewhere. And uh, so I went back to college, uh, played at a junior college in McLean County, played basketball there, and started getting a little bit more involved in the weight room and some strength and conditioning type side with some of the people that were at that uh, facility kind of helping us out. We weren't really forced to lift, but they were able to answer questions. 
And then I was able to go back to Crystal Lake South and actually help with their strength conditioning during the summertime. Uh, I was kind of a volunteer to kind of just learn. And then while I was at the college, I was able to work with NISRA, which is a special needs group, uh, and kind of working in the weight room and just seeing the different environment that that is and the patience that it takes. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, and so through that, I was able to go uh, to college then deciding, you know what, I want to get in this strength and conditioning thing. So it was a very roundabout way to kind of get into the college program as where I was going to go. Uh, and I decided to kind of stop my career playing basketball and just go to University of Illinois, Chicago, uh, where I was going to just go full-time for school, uh, which is a really great decision on my part in the end. Um, so that was when I was kind of 21, 22, I was able to make these decisions. And I started working at the YMCA at the same time, kind of working every single level of that, um, going from just being a front desk worker, being a building supervisor, working in the day camp situations, going into yep. uh, just everything from the ground up, which I got to see the fun parts and the not fun parts of kind of being in the gym ownership type uh, position. And then at UIC, majoring in kinesiology, um, got certified as a personal trainer while I was there and was able to do group fitness classes at the YMCA during that time period. Um, while I was still kind of working odd jobs, working as a personal trainer and going to UIC, trying to get my feet in kind of somewhere, somehow. Um, I was able to do an independent project on coaching underneath John Coombe Lilly, who is uh, one of my mentors at UIC. That allowed me to go out and just kind of shadow a lot of private facilities, which I wasn't really familiar with. They weren't very popular when I was in high school, so I never got the chance to go train at one. Uh, and then my last semester at UIC, I got to intern with uh, UIC's strength and conditioning department under Nick Sestatis, which was a really a blessing because through that, uh, that led to my internship with TC Boost. Um, so I got to go from the college setting into the private sector and then kind of make my decision from there. And I really enjoyed the private sector. Uh, and that's how I kind of ended up in this realm uh, a few years into that working multiple places at the same time. I uh, got the opportunity to go from just a part-time coach to being in charge of their group fitness, uh, which is called Boost Fit out here. Uh, so I've been kind of leading that for the past four years. And then through that, just kind of along the way, kind of people leave the industry, move on to different things. And now I've kind of earned the role as kind of director of coaching, uh, also leading our internship program that we have here at TC Boost. Uh, so very roundabout way to kind of get to this. Uh, I know a lot of people's stories have some similar aspects, but it's definitely a long winding path to where I'm at right now. I really enjoy those kind of stories though, because like you never know, you know, how, how you're going to end up in, in that spot. But yeah. I didn't know when we first spoke, I didn't know you did the, the whole YMCA thing. Cause that's kind of how my path took too. Right. Right out of uh, undergrad, I did an internship at a YMCA. Oh really? And then, yeah. And then I did the the whole nine yards too. Like, did the building supervisor position, uh, worked with the kids camps, like coached a terrible flag football team. Like they were, we won one game. It was awful. And you know, all those things, but I remember like, uh, kicking people out of the, um, the basketball courts if they didn't have oh, a wristband yeah. on, like all that just super, super terrible stuff. <laughs> Cause you don't want to be in. Yeah. just like upsetting kids all the time. I felt like <laughs> oh, they hated you. They always hate you as the guy. Oh yeah says it's time to go and no water yeah. bottles, no food. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, they can't stand you. But you're an important person. Looking back, it was very helpful that I was doing those things. Uh, you don't know it in the moment usually until you look back on it and you're like, you know what, I'm glad I did that stuff. But it's yeah, stuff. it makes you very appreciative of how uncomfortable some situations can be because oh that's exactly what it was. But well, that, well, that's cool. So 
Tell us a little bit more about your role at, at uh, TC Boost and maybe a little bit about uh, Tommy Christian's role because I know you, uh, you have a relationship with him also. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll kind of give you just a brief history of just TC Boost, kind of how it came into existence. Um, our owner, Tommy Christian, he played linebacker at Northwestern. Um, after graduation, he actually was an engineering uh, major. So he actually went to Detroit and started working in the auto industry. Uh, and through that kind of didn't have his full passion there and decided to just chase the dream of going back and being a uh, volunteer kind of intern at Northwestern, working his way up to the point where it was either I'm going to be an assistant strength coach at Northwestern or something else. And he decided he had kind of a calling to say, I think that I can provide this kind of training that my, my brother, Bob Christian, who played in the NFL for several years, um, I think I can provide this kind of training to high school kids. I think it would be a huge advantage if high school kids were able to train just like we're training these college athletes, just like I see my brother in the pros training that I wish that I would have had access to. And that was 18 years ago. Uh, so Tommy, when he first came out of that in this Northbrook kind of North Chicago area, he talks about how there was really no other facilities out here. There was maybe him, there was another two guys in the area that were kind of both doing similar things, but there, no one was really talking about it. It was very new. Um, he would start out by just hosting camps out in a field, and he learned a little bit from Chip Smith down south and was doing some band-resisted stuff uh, with some shuffling crossover actions that wasn't really being done by anybody else. Uh, so it was really unique and new uh, ideas and things that these high school coaches were being uh, exposed to for the first time. So from there, it kind of grew 18 years ago into 11 years ago. They kind of have enough business going on that it was time to buy a facility, enough clientele and demand. And at that point, uh, they got a contract, TC Boost did, with the local high school district. And we serve as the after-school strength coaches for two of the local high schools. So right after school for three hours, we're there. Uh, we run programs for any of the coaches that are interested in utilizing us. Um, we provide a little bit of speed work there in the high school as well. Uh, in this area, we're really known as a speed performance center, and we think we can do a great job for all of our athletes here in our facility. Uh, but we know that we can service them really, really well in the high school uh, with their strength work. So we give them a little speed work there, strength work after school, and that helped kind of supplement that downtime you have throughout the year. Uh, we, Eric, we were talking about the summertime is that crazy time where you kind of feast. There's so much going on. The kids are out of school. College kids are back. Pro athletes are kind of back in town for the most part. And then that fall time and that springtime, sometimes you have a little bit of a slower time period. A lot of your athletes are in sports. So that contract really helps us as a company just kind of always feel secure as, as far as the training goes. And then uh, I came on board five years ago with Tommy uh, as a part-time coach, intern, and then we kind of moved facilities from where we were at, just a few doors down, but a much larger facility and kind of switched the dynamic of our, our facility from a lot of individual training and offsite work to we're now housing a lot of group work. Uh, so we host class for clients between one and nine, ages kind of eight to 11, then 11 to 14, 14 through 18. So we have a lot more group work going on uh, where we have a lot of interns coming through and helping out with these groups as well. So it helps everybody kind of flow through our ability to work with a lot more clients, impact a lot more lives now. As an intern, you really can't get much more variety than that, can you? Oh, man. It's, it's I mean, awesome. that's, we, yeah. uh, we, we've reached out. Uh, I have personally to Loyola in our area, UIC in our area, Lake County College. Uh, and I talked to him about them. Like, in a given day, I arrive at the facility at 535. 
6 a.m. I'm training adults in a group. From then I'm training individual adult clients and individual high school athletes before school. I'm going to train adults again at 930. Then I'm going to train kind of some of our homeschooled tennis athletes or athletes that are in town for a short period. Then I go to the high school. I work with a high school in their environment, whether it's a football team, a soccer team, anything like that. Uh, and then after that, I'm going to come back to the facility. And I'm going to train either adults or athletes until kind of 8 p.m. Uh, so they're really exposed to kind of everything a private facility can offer, uh, which is very unique. And it's, it's a great opportunity for any of our interns. Absolutely. So let's cycle back to, I think, what your, your, really, um, your main go-to is, is that, that speed performance enhancement yeah. and, and bridging the gap between uh, strength and speed. Yeah. I don't think a lot of people will really connect those two. Right. Yeah. So, so give us a breakdown uh, without divulging any too much, uh, you know, proprietary information yeah. <laughs> of, uh, of how you guys go about that. Yeah. I, I think that it's a simple concept um, that I think a lot of us as strength coaches, and I tell this to my interns when they first come to us too, we feel extremely comfortable in the weight room trying to create power. Um, but unfortunately, a lot of times we don't actually get to power. We're caught in just creating more force. Uh, so sometimes we're just missing that velocity through a lot of the actions that we're doing. Uh, and that's where like a VBT type training, where they're really trying to get that velocity on there. If you have your Tendo units or your gym aware, um, kind of start working in that direction to get the velocity going. Um, but it's really, how do I get that strength that I built in the, the weight room to come over on the field and really show through? And you have to get comfortable coaching mechanics. You have to coach the skill of running. Uh, there's a lot behind it, and there's so much that you can read and watch about different people's philosophies on the skill of it. And so you, you start to become aware of, you know what, this is actually more challenging, I thought, trying to get people to move faster. Uh, and Tommy, through his 18 years, has really harnessed it down to a small sampling of things that he likes to really work on um, that really have a huge carryover. Uh, it's just kind of focusing on three basic things Like you're, tr you're trying to focus on your acceleration. We focus on top speed a little bit more than some facilities. I think uh, we have a large enough space. We have 60 yards. They're able to get a little bit more top speed work in um, and then working on that decel transition. So we're always trying to work on different positions to decelerate into so that then we can accelerate out of them. Um, and then can involve like hip flips, uh, any sort of pivot cutting, just single leg cutting, two foot cutting. But, the way that we get our body to slow down, get our body positioned angularly so that we can then apply force on the ground to accelerate out of that. Uh, and then working alongside that with our, just our pure acceleration work is how we start to get these athletes moving faster than they ever thought they could before. Um, and then it's all those drills. I mean, we, if you go on any Instagram page, any YouTube channel, you're going to see all the drills that are done by everybody. Um, but it's just the way you coach them up. How, how technical are you going to get with it? What is your focus? Is your focus on doing the drill correctly or are you using that drill to help the athlete move better? Uh, and that's kind of what we try to do the best is the drill is helpful, but in the end, the drill is to help them just move more explosively. So if they're not doing the drill 100% correctly sometimes, if they're getting the end result that they're moving faster, they're more reactive, they're explosive, that's what we really want to see. How often do you deal with those athletes that you kind of have to deconstruct and almost kind of break down and get them back to baseline? You know, you I get like those, those high performance, um, maybe like high school, uh, junior or senior who, who has all the talent in the world kind of yeah. guy or, or, or girl. And, uh, but you know that just like a few tweaks here and there and they could be even more powerful. I think it happens every single day. Yeah. I don't think we, 
we interact with a variety of different levels of athletes. Um, I've never had one come through that I said they're good. You know, like (laughs) that's never happened. Maybe it's just the perfectionist in you that says like, I think I can get that person better, but still we've had some professional track guys come through. We have a lot of NFL clientele that works with us for their pre uh, their pre draft work on their pre combine work. Uh, And those guys move really, really fast and they're really, really strong. And at first, when you first start guys seeing them move, you're like, man, they're moving really fast. And then what was really helpful is you have Tommy Christian who 18 years later is like, Oh man, that was, there's so much we can fix on that. And as a fresh, fresh intern kind of seeing it, you're like, Oh man, that looks amazing. And he's like, no, 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 no. They can get way better than that. Um, So it it happens every single day. Um, And sometimes it depends on in the private setting, we're at the mercy of how long can they commit? How regularly can they train as far as what can we actually do? Um, which I think is one of the hugest things. And I talked to some of my younger coaches about, we have to evaluate what can help this athlete and the amount of time they're giving us. So we have some baseball players. They're like, I have two weeks until I run the 60 again. What can I do? All right. Well, I need to be selective with what I'm going to do to him because if I start changing too much, He's going to be thinking a whole lot during that run. And it's probably going to be even slower than the first day he came in with terrible mechanics. So in that moment, I have to kind of say, all right, we need to focus on this because it's going to lower your time just a little bit, but you're going to get a better time. Instead of the kid who says, hey, I have 10 weeks to train and then I'm going to run at 60. What should we work on today? Well, then I'm going to be a little bit more like, all right, we need to break you down a little bit and really start to groove these patterns and get a lot of repetitions in. Um, versus that person that's just here for a couple of weeks and says, I need to get this down or else I'm not going to get a look by college. Um, so it kind of, unfortunately, it hurts at times. It's like, man, I think we can do so much motor work, but we're at the mercy of the time frame they give us. And you probably think like if you, if you break them down too much or maybe if you start them over too much, do you, do you find that sometimes it's more like you, gotta, you have to go back in and reevaluate and recoach just their mental status? Because a lot of times these get an athlete, you take something away that maybe they thought they were good at, and then it's like, oh my gosh, I thought I had that down pat, and now I got to restart. Yeah, is that? Uh, I mean, what's that like? That mental, getting that mental uh, buyback in. In the biggest example of that, honestly, is with the NFL draft group. Um, when you get a group like six guys, they're training kind of four to five times a week with recovery days. Uh, there's a lot of pressure on that one day, and yeah. I, I always say like. When we're training them, we have to have one singular voice that gives them feedback. So if I'm working with Tommy and Tommy's kind of the lead coach in that group, he's going to be giving them all their corrective feedback. If there's something that I see, I'll run it past Tommy because I don't want to be another voice that's mucking up what's going on in their head. It needs to be kind of a singular focus that Tommy's giving them that feedback because what will happen often is they'll run and Tommy will give them kind of that general feedback and then they'll look at me and say, how'd that look? Now, there's moments where I can say, yeah, we need to kind of keep working on that. But there's a lot of times where I have to say, you know what, that looked good. Just keep going with the effort on that. Just keep doing that. And that really helps them just with that little just positive reinforcement. So they're in a positive mindset to keep going. Uh, They really quickly will get inside their heads where they're learning all this information about running and they're trying to apply all these things that we're kind of telling other people. Because in a group of six, you might cue one person one way. And then another person, we're going to cue them almost the complete opposite. And we have to really make sure that they're not listening to everybody else's cues and just say, hey, you got to focus on what we're telling you to do. You don't need to do what he's doing. We're trying to fix him up a little bit. So right. that's the really hard part with that situation is 
not letting them get too much feedback. We got to keep that sound real low. So it's just kind of one thought that they can have each run. One or two is pretty much it. Yeah, that, that makes total sense too. They, do, do you find that pretty, pretty often where you, you see guys comparing like workloads to each other? Oh, not, yeah. not, not even necessarily, I shouldn't even say like workloads. I'm, I'm not talking like bench press to bench press because, you know, I'm, I'm sure that happens. But like, <laughs> but you know, m- mobility and flexibility or range of motion or, yeah. or speed work, like foot drills and things like that. Yeah, in, in that setting, the, the competitive nature gets really high. And there's moments where we want that. Yeah, um, sure. But you definitely have to be careful because really quickly it'll turn into a, let's just see you can do it the hardest and the fastest instead of, okay, I need to just relax and I need and to be, focus be on my technical. Team. Yeah. 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 And, and it's kind of that I, I'll tell a lot of my, my younger athletes, like my high school age, the thing I've been saying a lot this summer is I want you to run at like 95% to 99. And like, what does that mean? And like, it means run as hard as you can with the thought of the cue I gave you in, in your, the forefront of your head. So when I say you got to get your knees up as you're hitting that top speed position, you need to be thinking of that as you're running as hard as you can. If I said go full out, then just clear your mind and run as hard as you can. But when we say that 95 to 99, that's what we mean is full out with a conscious thought of technical work. Wow. <laughs> that's, a lot, that's a lot more deep than I thought you'd get. <laughs> <laughs> but that's so, what's going on this summer a lot with a lot of my high school kids. And it seems like it helps them kind of get a little bit more focused as far as like, okay, I understand what you mean. I still should be running hard, but – I'm not going full out. I need to have the folks that of uh, the technical work. Yeah. 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 So I, another thing that we talked about that I thought was really interesting, and I know you have a lot of passion for, were those, those athletes or the people that just work their butt off Yeah. Uh, and have that passion they, that just to play the game or play the sport or, uh, you know, go through the drill maybe isn't enough. They, yeah. they take like that, that extra mile. Yeah, talk a little bit about those athletes or those people that you work with that have that grind mentality that you enjoy. Yeah, yeah I, I was telling uh, Eric what kind of my personal background as a, a player, as an athlete. Um, I was never really the most skilled athletically. Um, and so I always found it my way to kind of get my edge was that I really tried to outwork and try to learn every little kind of thought process that goes behind each thing that you do in your sport. So I was a basketball guy and I would watch and read and listen to anything I could about any sort of little technical aspect. Um, And being able to work in the high school allows me a very unique opportunity where I'm able to see so many different levels of kids from the just natural athlete, which is a blast to train. Don't get me wrong. They are phenomenal because they're already fantastic and you get them to do just a little bit of more technique work and they get even more fantastic. And those become like your division one athletes that they're already studs that you didn't injure. You got them slightly better and they are just studs and you feel like, man, that's fun. But those kids that are really on that borderline of, you know what? I just need to, I just want to make the team. I just want to be a part of the team and I need to get my athleticism to that point. Or you know what? I, I just want to play this year. I don't even care if I start, but I just want to be a part of the team And the high school setting I'm in allows so much of that. Uh, Some of the kids that come into our facility are those studs and they are just looking to tune up or just get even more competitive as they go up levels. Um, But we also get a lot of kids that that's kind of where they're at is, you know what? I, I know that I'm not as fast and I don't jump as high as a lot of the other kids. I just love playing basketball. What can I do? 
And you know what? Give me your full effort for 90 minutes, two or three times a week, and I will get the most potential that we can out of you if you're willing to try as hard as you can. And when those guys really embrace it and they actually succeed at what their goal was, that's like the most rewarding thing you possibly do in the weight room. Yeah. Seeing those kids. It's, it's so awesome. And you get so much more of a rewarding feeling out of that. And I, I sometimes will think back to when I was in college and they asked me what I want to do. And I, I was in that setting with about 80 other people in my class. And I said, I want to train professional athletes. And you got some like Snickers when you say that. You're like, oh yeah, I'm sure you'll train like professional athletes. Well, you know what? My day one internship at TC Boost, I was working with a professional athlete. And <laughs> after that, and like working with athletes and seeing more of it and saying like, you know what? It's awesome, but working with high school kids is a blast. And it's so rewarding to see those kids from freshman year transform through their senior year. Maybe they don't play at the next level, but the difference they've made in their life and their, their athletic career is phenomenal. And that, this gives me really amped up. It gets me hyped for it. Keep on doing it. And don't you feel like you, you see all of that progress off the field or off the track or off the court also? Like the, just the, you see them improve in the weight room, which helps them do what they love to do, you know, as yeah. an athlete. But it makes them more confident. It yeah. makes them feel better about themselves just as an individual. Maybe their schoolwork starts to improve because of that. Maybe their relationships start to improve because of that. Yeah. I think we take – I think as a coach or as a personal trainer or – even like as an, you know, an, an athlete, we overlook those things that sports and, and uh, training does besides just our physical self. Oh, it, I mean, it improves everything across the board, and that's not talked about enough. Yeah, I think it's, that's a great point is there is so many kids that like come through. I mean, honestly, in a day, I might work with 150 to 200 kids at the high school, and that two and a half hours, three hours that I'm there. And some of those kids come in as freshmen that are not really enjoyable to interact with and they, they end up leaving and you're like, man, that kid really came around. He found himself. He became comfortable in his own skin. He wasn't trying so hard anymore to be cool in front of other people. He gave in to just the process and really enjoyed every time he hit a mark along the way. And it is really cool to see that. And I, I honestly believe that, no matter where my career takes me in the future, I want to be working with that population in some capacity because of that. It, it really charges your batteries. You know, like so many, so many times you'll hear like stories of trainers that just get drained energy wise. Cause it's tough. Yeah. Like yeah. You're, you're being a power source for so many people throughout the day that they come in, you fire them up. Uh, they need your help cause they're struggling and it's great to be able to do that. But working in the high school, man, that just is like an energy surge through my body that, you can't get anywhere else. It's just such a unique environment. It's really cool to have the opportunity to work with them. You know, that kind of leads us into another topic because there's another uh, sect of people that you also work with, and that's the special needs group. Yeah. And we, and we kind of we touched on that too, which is really unique. And dive a little bit into that and tell us about that uh, background. Yeah. Um, luckily, when I was at the junior college, they have the NISRA group, which is – any sort of kind of disability, um, any sort of handicap, or even kind of post-war um, veterans that came in. Um, and it was really eye-opening to have the opportunity to work with them. And luckily, Nikki Lewis, who is in charge of the program at the time, um, she let me be really hands-on and work with them. And it really teaches you about the rewarding of just being able to do the exercise itself. 
Um, sometimes we get like, oh man, I only did this much weight. Well, oh, a lot yeah. of the people I was working with was, man, I can finally like get up out of the chair on my own without needing to help have somebody help me. Or I was able to do the recumbent bike. I was able to get in and out of it without need or anybody helping me with that. Um, and just, they're so eager to be, be learning about what we were doing and asking questions and seeing people's attitudes go from not wanting to be in there, that they're kind of being forced to, uh, to really by the end of like that semester that I was able to volunteer, seeing them really start to enjoy it. And like, that wasn't all me. It was Nikki's program that she had running there, but it was so cool to see that and, and see that any population, anybody can get that kind of feeling when they get that self-efficacy to say, you know what, I can do that. And I didn't think I could at first, but man, I, I tried a little bit harder and I was able to, Steve was able to help me a little bit and I did succeed at it. And that's really exciting. So I want to come in and do that again, because that was really cool. And I, it's, it's opening when you see that to say, they went through their day, most days, unable to do those things and almost took it for granted that, you know what, I just won't be able to do that. Uh, even with clients that have been overweight, uh, like near obesity levels and people have to get knee replacements and hip replacements, it's the same thing that they almost, before you get a chance to work with them, they're giving up on a lot of things. And you might be their last ditch effort to say, man, I, I, I gave up. I don't even want to go to the store anymore because it's too hard to walk. And I have to sit down every 10 seconds. And so, as you work with them and they get more and more confidence and the things they're able to do that to most people wouldn't even be noticeable that they're doing them, but to them, it's huge. And they, they get such a reward out of that. It's really cool. It's a, it's a great environment. And it, I think it's something that everyone should have the opportunity to be a part of for sure. And, and you mentioned NISRA and that's the Northern Illinois special Recre recreation association, right? That's correct. Okay. Just so people, just so people have some context oh, yeah, and can yeah. check that. And, I, and I'll link that to the, the notes, but yeah. you know, what you said about just, you know, the last ditch effort that somebody might, might give, you know, you're like the last resort and, and for, for somebody to be comfortable and for a person to work with someone and make them feel comfortable in a place that, man, I don't even know the number, but I don't know. I don't know how many people who, if, if you didn't have like an athletic background, you didn't lift weights at one point in your life, yeah. it's a pretty uncomfortable place to walk into as a weight room oh, or, man or to do a sport of some kind, if you don't know your way around. Yeah. So, but think about like the breakthrough that if you, if you're, if you feel comfortable enough to walk into a weight room and you, you know what you're doing, you accomplish something just by being there, how much more that broadens, you know, oh, yeah. how hard, how hard that aspect is. Even I, even I myself sometimes go into a new gym. Yeah. I feel a little out of place. Cause I'm like, uh, I don't know my way around other people, you know, it's like somebody else's hometown gym. It's like, sure. you know, kind of a, almost like a respect thing. But when you go through the motions and you realize that that place is specifically there to make you better and to help you throughout the day. And then you go on to do something else, just a little bit more challenging on the outside of the gym yeah. and all that starts. So for those people to be able to break through, um, you know, and, and gain that confidence, that's huge. That's yeah. really, really cool. Yeah. It, one of my, I was going to say one of my, uh, my longest tenured clients I've had was one of my early personal training clients at the YMCA, uh, Lynn. And as I moved facilities, she actually came with me. Um, and when we started working together, she legitimately couldn't stand for longer than 10 seconds at a time. Um, she was about 150 pounds over the weight that she thought that she should be at. And she needed to get a double knee replacement surgery. Um, 
So she came to me. We, we worked together. To her testament, she was so dedicated to the process of everything that I was able to just be there two to three times a week as just a general check-in. We would get little exercises day by day by day. We'd get a little bit better at things. Um, and so the, now we're at a point where she does trap our deadlift and her goal is she wants to be able to get to 300 pounds on it. That's, great. Uh, That's awesome. She, she's at 215 right now. After double knee replacement, she's lost 110 pounds. Uh, she loves to use the sleds now. Uh, and the biggest compliment I got was that she said while she was working out, she was having a hard time working out at the Y that she always worked out at because people kept coming up to her and asking, what was she doing? Can she help them? Uh, which oh, I think that's really cool. That's, that's uh, so cool. Circle, isn't that? It's kind of an amazing thing when somebody that you worked with now becomes a, a semi source of information for others to kind of work out with. So it's really cool. Well, that's the whole point about like I think the stuff that we do and the people, the lives that, that, uh, other people impact, you know, through again, like the, through the whole fitness and activity thing, like her entire life changed yeah. and think about what that's going to do for like the next 10 people that she comes in contact with. Yeah. I mean, it's just the downstream effect of somebody changing their life through exercise and just through, uh, just becoming healthier and stronger. It just, yeah. it's unbelievable. And it's, it's an, it really is. It really is an inspiration to everybody. Like that gets me more pumped up. It's like, my my appointments you know yeah. just to know like the stuff that we do doesn't go unnoticed it's like sure. it's not not that we have like a, a thankless job because we absolutely don't like it's amazing right. all the time yeah. when you hear stories like that you're like that's why you do it because yeah. somebody because that person is getting recognition that they absolutely deserve like she deserves that you know 100 she is incredible that's for sure yeah that's amazing man what uh so what other kind of of uh, things you guys up to either at TC boost or um, maybe anything else you want to share with listeners? Yeah. Um, TC boost. We just kind of this summer, we started our track club initiative, which was a huge success. Um, we had 11 of the top track athlete girls, mostly female athletes uh, on our club, which was amazing. Uh, it's something that we strive for. And I think is a huge advantage that sometimes isn't taken advantage of is Strength training and this kind of training for female athletes, mm -hmm. I don't know a sport that a faster, stronger female athlete doesn't have a huge advantage. Right. Um, and I think it's awesome. I love training female lacrosse, female soccer. Um, I think that when you get those girls to be fast and shifty and agile, it is a huge advantage. And so it's really, really cool to see this taken shape this summer. Um, some really good times getting posted. One of our athletes um, is moving on to play or run track at Wisconsin uh, this fall. So it was a nice blessing to kind of finish her off this summer uh, going in the right direction. And then we have a lot of underclassmen that will be with us this fall in the uh, fall training, getting them ready for kind of their winter in season. Um, and the more we talk with them, the more I think there's a need for it. Uh, track is one of those sports where it seems like a lot of the kids come in they haven't been doing much in the off season besides distance running, especially for sprinters. Right. And then they get thrown in the kind of what has to be a sped up training program at times because competition's right around the corner for that indoor season. It's almost like they have three weeks to prepare. That's it. Um, and unfortunately it leads to a lot of the girls kind of having the shin splints, um, get pulled hammies, um, any sort of ankle heel problems, uh, quad issues. And so we talked about this for a couple of years now as far as what would it look like to be involved with that. 
Uh, and we got the blessing from their track coaches saying, we're not here to interfere with them. We want to aid in your guys' success as a team uh, and provide more of a structured offseason for them. So we're ex- really excited for that going forward into the fall. So that's the TC Boost Track Club. TC Boost Track Club, nice. Yeah. Awesome. That's a so link that too. Yeah, really, really cool stuff. Uh, so it was a very successful summer with that one. And then uh, one of the big things I'm passionate about at our facility is turning it into kind of an educational hub um, for young coaches. And we try our best to provide our interns with the experience that we wish we had as interns, which I'm sure a lot of us can talk about some great internship opportunities we had and some not so great shadowing internship possibilities where we were doing a lot of grunt labor and we weren't actually learning a ton. Um, but on your resume, you're able to put that you were an intern at such and such. <laughs> right. So it looks great on paper, but then when you like bring that person in, you say, Hey, can you uh, make me a, four-week plan for a high school hockey player that has a knee injury that can't do bilateral actions. And they're like, oh, uh, yeah, I don't really know how to program for that, uh, but I have what we did for the football team. And so you're like, <laughs> so you're like well, that's, that's not what I want the, the interns that leave our facility to feel like. I, I want them to feel like they've been exposed to so many different types of athletes um, that the, the education side, I think there's a great opportunity to kind of pay it forward to young coaches. Um, I know it's a passion that I think every successful coach is always trying to learn as much as they can and become a filter. And I talk to our coaches about your job as a coach is to gain as much knowledge as you possibly can and then filter it for your clients so that they don't have to do it. Um, and so what I try to do is I try to gain as much knowledge as I possibly can from as many sources as I can and hopefully start to filter it for some of our younger coaches so they maybe don't have to read all that I'm reading and talk to everyone that I'm talking to, but they get a little better understanding of what they need to be doing as a coach. Uh, there's so much behind what they learn in college to what actually a career looks like as a strength and conditioning coach or a sport performance coach in the private sector that gets lost sometimes. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, there's a ton that goes into it. And then later on down the road, you know, if you get comfortable with so many different things, you can choose to specialize or not, right? I mean, that's, right. That, that's, what, that's what an internship like that should really be, I feel like. Yeah, definitely. The, the more exposure. Exposed, exposed, yeah. yep. Yeah, I, I was, exactly. Like, I always say, like, my, my path, when I actually write down, like, every place I've shadowed at and interned at, it just goes on and on and on. And you're like, oh, well, how did you end up here? It's like, you know what? I didn't set out saying I wanted to be here. It just kind of. The more things I exposed to, the more it's like, oh, well, I didn't really like that. I really like this. And wow, this place allows me all of those things in one. Um, and that's not to say that TC Boost is the best place on earth to work because it's not for everybody. It's long hours. And we were talking about the, the hours as a successful coach. If you're not going to be comfortable getting to the facility before 6 a.m. and be willing to stay there until 8.30, it's going to be really hard starting out to build your clientele. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's sometimes you're gonna have a very open schedule, but you know what, that one, one client calls in last second and wants to train and there's you available. You got that client now and it goes on from there and there. And then five, six years down the road, guess what? Your schedule is full the way you like. Now you can touch back your hours a little bit, start broadening your out into different areas that you're more interested in. And it's a fun process to see that happen, but you gotta be first of all, willing to do kind of the dirty work of, being available, working some long days, just soaking up information, and then kind of go from there. Yeah, get get very comfortable with being uncomfortable. 
Yeah. Because that's, you've got to talk about wanting the grind and the hustle and just to be hungry all of the time, especially yeah. when it's, you know, six months down the road and you've got less than a handful of clients. You're like, I'm not sure I can do this, but to have that foresight to look down that five, six years down the road and just know that if you stick with a group of people that are doing the right things with the right kind of athletes or the right kind of uh, clients that you're going to get to the same place, but yeah. it's not, it's not for everybody. And it shouldn't be. Right. I don't want to, I don't want to sound like pompous or arrogant or anything yeah. like that, but you know, in this, this industry doesn't want, and it shouldn't have just anybody come into it. It, no. it takes, a, it takes a special person. It takes a special kind of mindset and work ethic and drive and dedication. And, um, and a little bit of, well, a lot of, uh, you know, just to, to give yourself up, like a lot of self-sacrifice to make it. Yeah, and that's, so. that's what it should be about. I think it's, it's cause what it comes down to it, man. It's not about, it's not about us. It's not about the coaches, it's about the people you work with. Yeah. And, and, um, and I think that's what really that, that makes having that in the back of your mind as a yeah. coach or as a trainer starting out, knowing that it's not about you. It's not about how many clients you get. It's not about, you know, how much you can bench press. It's not about how much, how better you can move. It's about what you can do for that other person. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And, and, and so I'll get off my soapbox, but that's hey, basically, <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Right. But well, look, Steve, I, I appreciate you. You bring some knowledge to the table and sharing some passion. If people have any questions, comments, concerns, where's the best place to get a hold of you? Uh, the best place would be just kind of shooting me an email at sbreitenstein at tcboost.com. Um, that one's going to be my best way. I, as most coaches that are busy during the day, if phone calls are really hard unless they're scheduled, if you want to talk to me, uh, just in and out with clients, very rarely can I just answer the phone and say, hey. Uh, but shoot me an email. We can set up a time to then talk. Um, Skyping, like going forward from there, if we FaceTime and do some kind of coaches talks and chalkboard stuff. I'm always down to learn from others. Yep. I think that's what keeps the quality so high of the, the coaches that stick around is being willing to kind of learn from everybody else and being humble about, I don't know everything, uh, reaching out to any coach in your area to go see if you can just come shadow and just talk a little bit and watch them. And we're, we're always open to that. Uh, it's very easy if you shoot me an email and say, Hey, is it cool if I come in and shadow a little bit and just talk? I'd love to have you come in because my clients are, they know that I'm the director here. So they know that at times there are people shadowing me uh, and everyone's really uh, kind of welcoming to just say, Hey, yeah, you can come watch me train. That's fine. No one that says like, no, you can't have anybody watch me work out. Uh, so we, we love anybody in the area to come on out. That's awesome. That's a good invite. And I hope people do reach out and, and just, you know, keep, keep growing some knowledge and keep growing passion. So Steve, I, I appreciate you, man. And, and we'll talk to you very soon. Uh, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com. Make sure to check back every Tuesday and Thursday for more fitness candor.